Deep Space Nine documentary. I, I, I was doing another podcast this morning, so it's May thirteenth and fourteenth. Okay. I've only seen. And I can only go on the fourteenth because I have a four play rushers. I've only seen the episodes of Star Trek DS Nine that we watched for great expectations. Oh, so you may not want to come. So to I the was documentary. like, <laughs> well, I think it's Shout is putting it out. It's Shout, Shout yeah. yeah, yeah. So it'll be out on Blu-ray at some point too. And hey, you guys one of the things that they're doing in this documentary is the writers' <laughs> room, the original writers' room of DS Nine is writing and partially animating a what the first episode of an eighth season would have been. Yeah. So was Ronald Moore still on that writing staff? by at I that point, so. or had Ira Bear uh, and Ron Moore? Yeah. yeah. So, welcome to a new episode of True North Nerds, everybody. Yay! This week, um, it's a it's kind of like a potpourri of of stuff. We're it's gonna, a news heavy week. A news heavy week. We'll we'll also talk a little bit about Hellboy because a couple of us saw it. Yes, and um, there we also have the long box of Doom. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's be buckle a long in. Episode. Um, maybe, Man, I don't know if it'll be maybe that long. Get a soda. <laughs> this episode might run a little long, but let's uh, let's go through the roster of who's here. Jen is here. Hi. And Ryan is here. As usual. And Kevin. I'm here. He's That's practicing good. for auditioning for superhero parts right now. Here I am. True believers. You can't, you can't see it, but he's got his ar- his hands on his hips in like superhero, superhero pose. pose. Yep. <laughs> All right, so uh, are we starting with Star Wars news? Well, I don't know. Or do you do want to do the other stuff first do we and want, then get the Star Wars I was going to say, do we want regular news, then Disney Star Wars news? Let's do regular news and then Star Wars news, because okay. I think the Star Wars news will be, there's a well, lot yeah, because, well, of Well, and then we'll do the Disney Plus, because yeah, they had we'll the Disney, that, all Disney that at Plus. the same time, right? So, Okay, so we'll start off small. Um, they've, they've cast a Batman for Titans. Yep, I heard that. And it is uh, Ian Glenn, uh, who many of our listeners will know as uh, Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones. He was the guy with all the scales and stuff that then they had the scales, these stuff taken off in case you don't remember names like me. <laughs> uh, so he's been Batman in the next season of Titans. He's a little bit on the older side, too, isn't he? Like, he, a, like just, he does I just look saw older. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But yeah. then you have to think. You know, we've got like a twenty-something dick yeah, in no, this. Yeah, no, it, it kind of makes sense, but it's twenty-something <laughs> dick. Sorry, <laughs> I make myself laugh. I'm... Oh, that's terrible. Yep. Uh, okay, so sticking with the DC universe, mm-hmm. uh, there was some troubling news this week. Uh, Swamp Thing, all of a sudden, production got stopped on Swamp Thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the last episode's being reworked. Well, the last. T- Two, two, two or three. It was originally uh, yeah. supposed to be 13 episodes. Now it's being rewritten into 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was even talk of um, 
that the Warner Brothers and everybody could be even reevaluating the whole future of the DC Universe streaming at. I.e., it's not making the money they thought it was going to make. And also, I.e., the Warner Warner Brothers Plus, or whatever they're going to call their streaming service, will be coming next year. So why yeah, not have, have your, one of your top properties, which is DC Comics, rolled back into... Somebody's like they like they they want to go head to head with Disney Plus yeah. and Apple Plus. Well, that Netflix, makes sense. I so. haven't had a chance to see it, but the interesting thing was is they rolled out that announcement that well, like, uh, first yeah first we got the trailer for Swamp Thing and then oh by and the then way all of a sudden these news stories episodes. came out. Uh, then a, the, in a follow up story the next day it came out that uh, less about the worrying about the DC stuff more the why they're cutting it and it's like just creative differences between the showrunners and the streaming people yeah is why it's being cut from 13 to 10 maybe they decided uh they've seen some of the scripts or read some of the stuff and was like uh yeah we, we need to tighten this up yeah well, yeah. that happens see. with a lot of these I find these streaming shows where it's like you know you watch it and it's good but you're always it's like you know there's one or two episodes that were the, like the Marvel Netflix series they suffered most from most of them like suffered from having to be 13 episodes yeah. is it because a lot of um, I guess showrunners haven't quite confront like uh, come to grips with the streaming like the binge worthiness anymore and they're still thinking that it's like a weekly thing so they need to have mm. filler but even I don't still, even know that's if that's starting to evolve too because if you look at like game of thrones run times for this season is they're kind of a little bit all over the place yeah, right like the first two so, episodes are like around 60 minutes yeah. and i think the third is starting to push is going to start pushing it out to like 70 or 80 minutes it, and, it's kind of cool that they're doing that in order to like well this episode needs this amount of time but yeah. the other episodes don't necessarily need it and like that's in the middle of the season it's not like an ender or anything like that so yeah but I, your your point is Definitely on though. I think a lot more of the writers have to get used to. They need to get the, the more of the of the like BBC mentality of, okay, we're gonna do a show. How long do we want it to be? Okay, that's how long it is. Done. Mm-hmm. It's two episodes. It's two episodes. Mm-hmm. Next season is five episodes. Okay, it's five. Yeah, and I think lots of uh, lots of franchise properties are going that route too, right? Mandalorian is going to be eight episodes. Was that how many? Um, Star Trek Picard is ten. Yeah. So. But I think a lot of the new new shows are going to be primarily geared towards streaming services, like what we were saying about Disney, Disney Plus, or, mm-hmm. or it's just going to be like all the new Netflix shows. They're not they are not designed to ever be on regular cable. So nope. I think that's like we're at a a crossroads where things are are evolving. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. for sure. People need to get on board and realize that cable is not the future. It's going to be streaming services. Well, and it's also just like these guys, they, that's all they've written for, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them. None of them were, were in writer rooms when streaming was even a thing. And then depending on the service, it's do you deliver the, the, the show as a series and you're like, here, you can binge it in a weekend. Or is it more like Discovery where it's like, you got to come back every week for a new episode. Yeah. Yep. I like it when they just put the whole season up. I don't mind waiting longer to, to get the whole season. So and I'm the opposite i like it to come out week a week at a time so there's like water cooler chat and And see that's where i fall in between because i love just sitting down and watching stranger things when it comes out and just binging that in a whole weekend yeah but then i enjoy discovery because you know we you know at least kevin and i we can watch episodes and now you guys have caught up so we can talk about it yeah and it, 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 it can fall both ways you know like i i see it with some and others uh and you can have the 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 arguments financially for both, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. If you're dropping an episode or maybe just a couple episodes at a time, stuff like that, 
it means people have to stay with your service for a certain amount of time in order to see it. Like we know a we know a friend who during the summer last year or the year before got Netflix for like the free trial and watched Daredevil and then he was done. Yeah. If you release it like just bits it and pieces, yeah. that prevents people like that, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I want to do that for the Sundance uh, um, streaming app. It's only it's only a seven day preview though, but I really want to watch the uh, Discovery of Witches show because I love those books. Mm-hmm. But you only get it free for a week, and then it's seven ninety nine. So, so all you have like, to do is wait until all the episodes have aired, yeah, and, and then, then you get watch it. Watch them all in a week. Yeah. You can do that with Discovery too. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I know we're jumping around the news too, but The Mandalorian again is another show that Disney has said it's going to come out weekly. Yeah, they're going to uh, drop two episodes when Disney Plus. That, starts uh, wow, then, that's really the Disney model because they've been doing that for everything. They've been re- like even on regular cable, like Re- Resistance and um, and Rebels were both like that too, where they dropped like two episodes off the bat, and then it was like two weeks later, the rest started coming. Yeah, out Yeah, but it weekly. usually takes about two episodes for somebody to get hooked on a show. Yeah, maybe that's the philosophy. Like usually, you watch it. the first episode and you're like, "Eh, that was okay," and then you watch the second one if you're not hooked right away, and if you are hooked right away, then you want the second one right away. Exactly. So it keeps that momentum going. Well, remember when Discovery launched? They aired the first episode on CBS and CTV, and then said, "Oh, if you want to find out how this ends, pay us." Yeah. <laughs> That's why we didn't watch it till I got three months free of Crave, of Crave. through Air, 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 Air Miles. Nice. Yeah. Okay, next up. Uh, next. So actress uh, Michelle Borth, uh, who played uh, Mary in Shazam, who she was the uh, Mary Marvel. She was the, uh, spoiler, uh, the, uh, the, Mar- you know, the superpowered Mary. The super Mary. Super Mary. Super Mary. Uh, was talking in an interview this weekend, said that she's signed a five-picture deal. With Warner Brothers, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. It, that's to play Mary Marvel. To play Mary Marvel. Wow! But I imagine five pictures means not necessarily Shazam. That would include no. Like, Justice you know, League, could, yeah, exactly. Which makes, makes me you know Justice or whatever they want to do. Right? Yeah, but, it's a it's a positive thing though. Yeah, we get more more Shazam family. Uh, one of the other uh, casting rumors in the talks, we were talking about this one the other day, <laughs> was the one and only John Cena is in talks to be in Suicide Squad. Oh, sorry, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Now, no no talk about who he's going to be. The military guy. <sighs> no, probably. We, we came up with our suggestion, and I think it's perfect. Yes. Now, we read in an earlier news uh, release uh, that uh, one of the rumored characters is King Shark. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. I can see that. John Cena should totally be king. Especially. Because who cares about his face? You just want his body. <laughs> and not to, not to add on to that, but if he's written like how Gail Simone wrote the character in, what was it, Secret Six? It, it was basically Suicide Squad in a different name. Where it's a bit of humor to the fact that he knows he's a man shark. Like there's panels of him running downhill, <laughs> shark, singing, shark. singing, oh, he's, shark. Yeah, singing <laughs> that he's a shark. Like, and that's where Cena has been really good as of late. Is his comedic timing is pretty yeah. solid. So you you have him like as kind of a straight laced guy who's a man shark. I think that could really work. And if anybody can make that work, it's James Gunn. Yeah. And the the only the only se- semi thing is is everybody is assuming whether it's true or not that he is getting the part that Dave Bautista was rumored to get but can't do due to scheduling mm. difficulties. Mm. 
See, I don't really want to see that movie, but if what you guys are guessing is true and you have like a comedic man shark in it, played by John Cena, I would go see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I liked the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. I liked so it too. It's yeah. like so it, it, you saw it twice in theaters. Did we? You did, I yeah, know. Because I saw it twice it was, and you were there both times. I did think we it see was, it twice it was one of the few yeah. movies that year that we saw twice in theaters. Huh. Because we saw it <laughs> and then we went and saw it again with uh, Tracy that. and Taylor. And yeah, because I don't think they had seen it and it was the mm-hmm. only thing that, that they hadn't seen and we were like, oh, well, we'll see it again. Yeah, but see, I don't necessarily want it. Okay, see, for me, it's not necessarily that I'm like, I really want to see this movie again. It's not that I disliked it. Yeah, no. But it was more that I like to hang out with friends and eat popcorn. Mm. <laughs> and if they haven't seen the movie and I've already seen it, why not? <laughs> cool. Next. Uh, and also, I only have one more little bit because I figured we would be doing a lot of other news. Yeah, I've got one Disney to add stuff. on to this news. So, so it's a follow-up again to another former story. Uh, so Smallville star Allison Mack has pled guilty yes. in the sex trafficking case yes. that yes. we spoke about uh, months ago. CBC Podcast has a great series called Uncover, and their first oh yeah, their first season is about the whole Nexium. When I reposted the story, somebody suggested that I, I listen to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really interesting too, and uh, crazy. So uh, we got some sad news this morning um, for those who follow manga, and he, he's a very important figure to North American comic people as well is uh, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation Kazu Koaiki I think is uh, he uh, passed away and he is the the writer and co-creator of Lone Wolf and Cub oh, okay. which like that the amount of influence that has had on so many things like you look Wolverine. at like Wolverine um, Daredevil to, well basically anything Frank Miller did during the, the 80s because he was really into that and like other things that you wouldn't think of so for instance uh, Road to Perdition the, mm-hmm. the comic book that was then turned into the Oscar winning film with Tom Hanks that is basically Lone Wolf and Cub during Prohibition Mm. Like and oh, like Max right. Allen it Collins totally is. Max Allen Collins has always been upfront about it too. Is it was inspired by Lone Wolf and Cub because it's a very similar idea and like the movie versions of Lone Wolf and Cub have inspired like filmmakers like Tarantino and all sorts of other people too. So it's it's a little sad that he's passed away because it, and I really wish Dark Horse would publish a version of, like, reprint Lone Wolf and Cub in a nice size format. I, I guess they're trying to be sort of, they've been trying to be sort of true to the manga roots of it, but they've always been a little small, and I'd like to see it in, like, a nice big format that you can get the, the details of the artwork. Oh, it's like a library about. edition? Yeah, something along that size would be great. They have done um, artist editions of like the, oh, okay. the first two manga, I think, or yep. or, bit, or artifact editions. But like the the ones that I have are like they're fun to read, but they're they're kind of difficult because they're small, and I have big hands. Yeah, big hands, small writing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anybody else have any other non Star Wars news they want to bring up? I have a whole bunch of Disney, <laughs> Disney Plus, Plus news. Yeah, that's yeah. all the same. We'll okay. get into that because it was announced Dis- at the same time. Well, it was like the day before celebration yeah. was, was the, the Disney, Disney investors meeting. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's start with that stuff, I guess, then. Okay. So they, we've got a launch date, at least in the USA. In the USA. Unclear when in Canada. 
Some places have said this is the North American launch date. Disney's website says it's the North American launch date. And if you go to DisneyPlus.ca, it leads you to the same launch page as Disney Plus mm. US. But that oh, could be a preemptive buy, though. Like, to make wonder, sure they had that domain. Or right I wonder if that. they're going to try to launch it in both places at once, because that would be awesome. That would. They said that the infrastructure, like, is by region, and they've they've said that they've con- they've called this the North American region. So, I'm hoping it comes November 12th. Yes. I'm not holding my breath for it. We'll, we'll see about the rights issues, because that's what holds things up in Canada more than anything else. Is it rights issues or Canadian content issues? I don't know if streaming um, companies have to do Canadian it, content. Uh, no, maybe yes. Yeah. That's been, well, that's, they haven't been forced to do it yet. yet. Which but is why Netflix has a bunch of CBC stuff on there. Which is why they're being preemptive. Yeah, you got Crave yeah. has, well, Crave is more of a Canadian company, Cana- anyway, but they've Canadian. got Canadian content. And you got, yeah, Netflix has all that CBC yeah, stuff. Yeah, ne- Netflix is covering its butt. Uh, but it's been doing because, that with a lot, in a lot yeah, of regions. Yeah, but they're setting up a studio in Toronto and with Netflix. the idea that they will produce at least one or two shows. So in, yeah. if that ever comes down to it, Netflix doesn't have to rearrange anything. They're already on board. Netflix yeah. is also great at buying programming from all kinds of different countries and they're yeah. just putting it on a worldwide platform, right? I mean, like... like I, started, I know there's a few Australian shows that popped up out of nowhere like that I started watching. Yeah, and uh, there's there's the Ministry of Time, the yeah. Spanish show that I was watching and I watch a lot of British um, reality shows on Netflix <laughs> and I watch an Australian house hunting show. And yeah, see, I don't imagine that the same rules apply for streaming, it's especially just, if yeah. it's something... Yeah, especially if it's something like a... a uh, um, a, a company-owned streaming service, like specific to Disney or specific mm-hmm. to, like for example, there's BBC. If they have a BBC streaming service, they're not going to have to provide Canadian content because the BBC no. does not create Canadian content. But BBC and ITV in England co-own BritBox, which yeah. has tons of exactly. And there's so, I nothing. Mean, Cana- I don't I, think there's well, Canadian. no, there isn't any rules for it yet. yet. <laughs> Our country is woefully behind on all that stuff, like copyright on a whole TV music, the, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And that's one of those things that, like, there's no rules about it yet, but some old guy in, at the, what was the CRTC, well, it still well, is take the a CRTC. look at it, yeah. it well, yeah, and, and, but you know, that, and that. go, but, oh, wait, you mean there's a platform where there's not primarily Canadian content on it? And that's See, when the trouble But begins. I can understand it if it's a company that creates streaming content like Amazon Prime, Crave, Netflix. Yeah. Mm. They're not um, a company, like, they're not, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh they don't have like a specific mandate mandate or content yeah like but i mean crave being a canadian company is creating original programming for its service like letter kenny yeah. right um cbc has cbc gem which is all canadian no it's not all canadian programming because there's some british stuff on there too but but that but, you know netflix has been they've been creating trailer park boys yeah for like the yeah. last yeah. Well, that's Seven years like Netflix like is pretty Netflix, preemptive Netflix about it. Netflix picked up travelers. About it, yeah. But somebody probably went, yeah. you know, if we pick up a couple of things, if these rules ever applied to us, then we're well, in the Because there has been talk, you know, in the halls of parliament before about trying to mandate 
that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it gets br- it'll be brought up next election. Well, when, yeah. when it comes to broadcast television, like thirty percent of all primetime shows yeah. have to be Canadian and that kind of stuff. But it's but it's all it's the different. way we're 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 behind the curve on so many things and stuff like that. <laughs> right. That's why like Canadian podcasts can't have music on it. Yeah, is like because our rights setup is so. Right woefully designed for that it's just a no-go i i may be a weird kind of person but i like to go out and search out canadian content because i want to see our stories no no and that's why i mean and some of it lately i we've been killing it in the sitcom game i love schitt's creek i love kim's convenience i love cavendish yeah i'm interested in jan the new jan arden sitcom that's on ctv so you know there's there's all kinds of stuff that's out there that I'm kind of interested in. And then, mm. like, 90% of the low-budget sci-fi t- <laughs> stuff counts as Canadian content. Continuum and, and Travelers and Yeah, but Haven I think that and, as long as the the big... Um, the big streaming services that get, that pull their content from various places, I think th- they should be mandated to have Canadian content. But I think that places where it is, you know, just not part of their wheelhouse right to create canadian content doesn't necessarily like that's just me personally right but i think droids I th- and ewoks will be a constant on disney, on disney plus because it's no canadian, mana yeah. and made here yeah. or, or, or they're was. gonna have to do something like that yeah. yeah because we're entering an era where the the delivery system for programming is going to be owned by the people who create the content too yeah disney plus warner warner whatever yes yeah, universal cbs all access right cbc gem Crave is even like a CTV property. I'm surprised yeah. it's not called CTV streaming, you know? Uh, so, you know, it's going to be an, it's, it's an interesting era in which we are entering. Yeah. So, but yeah, so when it does launch, uh, it's going to launch with 25 original series, 10 original films and documentaries and specials in the first year. So we'll spread out in that first year. Uh, that's some of the original stuff. Uh, so we are going to get, and they, so the, the confirmed Marvel tie-ins. These are the confirmed ones that they said at this thing. Yep. WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So that's the new title for that. WandaVision crossovers. Now it's called WandaVision. What's WandaVision? What's Wanda and the Vision? It's Scarlet Witch and Vision are getting a TV show. They are? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're getting a Loki. Yeah. And they're going to be doing an animated What If series. Oh, that's cool. Starting with what if Peggy Carter was what if uh, Peggy Carter the, got Captain uh, was Captain America? Yeah, and Steve Rogers wore an armored suit built by Howard Stark. Howard Stark. Yeah, I've got a list of all of the new programming. This is from Wikipedia. Um, some of it is quite interesting. Um, Pixar has a, a series of shorts called Forky Asks a Question, which is based on <laughs> Toy, Toy Story, Story 4. Four yeah. um, and then there's the Spark shorts. Those are uh, Pixar short Oh, cartoons. so those will be moved over. I love those, even if they make break um, Encore is a reality show that aired on ABC for a season, and now it's moving to Disney+, Plus, where Kristen Bell reunites um, casts of high school musicals, and they reenact the shows they did when they were in high school. Okay. Yep. There's High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um, Marvel's Hero Project, which is, I think, some kind of... This is one of the documentaries. ...reality show about, you know, kids who do amazing things, I think is what it is. Uh, Under the National Geographic banner, we're getting a show called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. 
sweet. Oh, Jesus. And the oh, is that going to be, be part weird. of Disney Plus? Yeah, National Geographic. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because they, they, I guess they got that when they bought With Fox, Fox. Right. Wow. Um, uh, and the other um, national new National Geographic series that's going to be on Disney Plus is called The Magic of Animal Kingdom, which is a behind-the-scenes look at the veterinary services of Animal Kingdom theme park at, okay. at Disney World. Oh, I love that. There's a show about Imagineering coming. Uh, Loki is the other... Um, Marvel yeah, series yep, mentioned yep, that one. Uh, There's also a, a, another documentary called Marvel Six One Six. Yes. Yeah. What's that one? Don't know. It's Not another sure. Marvel documentary. The Six One Six being the Marvel Universe Prime. Yeah. Oh. There's going. There's going to be a show about Imagineering. They're, uh, they're doing behind the scenes stuff on. Um, uh, upcoming movies like there's a show called Into the Unknown making Frozen Two. Um, Monsters at Work is the Pixar. Uh, series uh animated series yeah based on monsters inc monsters right? inc yeah. where they got jet they got um billy crystal and john goodman to mm-hmm. redo the voices nice. they're not going to be the main characters yeah because it'll, it'll focus on monsters at work so i'm sure they'll make appearances but it's uh uh yeah so those are the things that have been announced for uh the first year well of- and then the Mandalorian. Oh, the Mandalorian, of course, and, and the um, Star Wars uh, what's Rogue it? One prequel series. Wasn't it called Star Wars Cassian? It could be. Wasn't that one yeah. of the was one of the titles yeah. that the people plus uh, Clone Wars, the new season of Clone yeah, Wars, Clone is Wars. Also part of the that big as well. one that never even crossed my mind before the announcement, and it's not original programming; it's rerun programming. Is The Simpsons? Thirty yeah. seasons of The Simpsons yeah. is going to be yeah. on Disney Plus, so, which is good because now we can skim through and only watch the funny uh, episodes. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, our uh, our friend James Green over at Geek Card, uh, I'm not sure which episode it is of their show. I guess when it got announced, they talked about it. This is the one thing he pointed out is if you look at the numbers, the, they say how many episodes of television there will be on the, the site, not mm-hmm. necessarily series. Mm-hmm. And he worked it out that the Simpsons takes up 10% of that number. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they said seven thousand yeah, episodes, uh, and there's episodes. like seven hundred episodes of The Simpsons are dropping. So that's pretty cool. The promo for that was fun. Yes, yeah, with Welcome Rupert on. Murdoch's picture in the garbage can <laughs> and, and a statue of Bob Iger on the lawn, yeah. <laughs> a golden statue. And Homer's you know, welcoming well, the new Disney overlords and put on the ears, boy. <laughs> so I, I hope it will come before too long um did you see what platforms they announced it's going to be on uh i didn't write that down uh so it's going to be available via web browsers on pcs there will be apps for digital media players including roku and very likely apple tv we're not sure exactly yet most smart tvs and video game consoles and mobile platforms um and there will be a 4k resolution for programming that supports it Yep, and it's really cheap. Yeah, well, six ninety now. Yeah, well, and an American right now the reported price is six ninety nine a month or sixty nine ninety nine for the year. If yeah, you pay Which it all I up. I think up front. in Canadian ends up being close to about a hundred bucks. Yeah, 90, it's just 90. under ten dollars a month. Yeah. Which is still pretty cheap for... Netflix is 14 yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, this is the starter thing. Once they get you hooked, they're going to do what Netflix oh, yeah. did and just crank it up every couple months. And it's, you know, it's we all cut the cords in order to not get cable. And now it's going to be like cable, but with streaming services. Yeah. But you're going to have to pick and choose. But granted, 
you know, between Netflix and and Disney, it's still cheaper than cable, and you still get a lot of stuff yeah. for it. And like if you is, were in the states and had Hulu and Disney, well, they're you know, talking that covered. one of the options in the states will be you can buy Disney Plus in a package with Hulu, with Hulu and ESPN, ESPN Plus. Yeah. So um, I wish we got Hulu here. That's coming once Disney Oak controls it. I think it'll happen here too. Sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, they said Captain Marvel will be the first theatrically released Disney film to sh- to, to appear on, on Disney it. Plus first. Um, that makes sense because it'll be out on physical media by by December. The yeah. first six Star Wars films will be available at launch, as well as most of the Disney Vault. Mm. Um, so. No songs yeah. of the south for you racists, though. Song of the south, and there was something else that I just read. There, there's something else um, that fits into that category. Yeah, that's just a little. Oh, the um, the Jim Crow scene from Dumbo. Yeah, yeah. Little, little not uh, politically correct these days. No. So when you open up the, they showed screenshots of what the Apple looked like, uh, and across the top, it, Disney Plus will be divided. Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, Pixar, National Geographic, and you pick which section you want. And are they putting any of the Muppet Show on there? Eventually, there will be Muppet programming. Yes, I imagine that current Muppet Babies show is going to show up on it. Probably, you know, that show's pretty darn cute. Yeah, it's not (laughs) bad for like, especially for its age demographic. Like, I don't think I would sit down and watch it. Yeah, to be fair, we were watching it with our nephew who Uh, is. How old is he? Two. Yeah, yeah. And he really likes it. <laughs> did they still? Of oh, course, did they still do like movie parodies and stuff on the new. Not because it's, it's a Disney really? Junior show. Right? Yeah, like it's it skews <sighs> younger than the original one did, but it's it's still pretty good. Okay. Like like for that age group. Yeah. Like I wouldn't recommend you watching it per se, right. but if you have a young kid or if you have a nephew or a niece that's watching it, it's not terrible to watch. It's more tolerable to watch this for long periods of time than say Paw Patrol. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Oh yeah, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is freaking annoying. <laughs> Although that Mickey Mouse Road Racer one that hot we watched dog, that's, hot dog, hot that's dog. Dog. not Aww. terrible. Especially the episode where we've watched where Chip and Dale were <laughs> complaining about how they aren't treated the same because they're short. Nice. <laughs> and so they shrank everybody else down the field so they could know what it was. And that, that duck scientist, what's his name? The one that's bald? He's uh, like Professor he, Ludwig von Drake? Yeah, he that's was his in name. That. Yeah. I was bugging me because I was like, it was a deep it. cut <laughs> Disney character. <laughs> like I was yeah. a little surprised. It was either him or Gyro Gearloose. Yeah. Those are the two. That's no, the new. That's the He's the, 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 the inventor one. guy. Yeah. yeah. So well, he looks less like a duck and more like another. Well, he's kind a goose. Of, yeah, I was going to say he looks like a different kind of bird. So next, well, that's all for uh, that I had out of the Disney streaming right. plus. Okay. Yep. Other than the fact that they also announced that Alan Tudyk is going to be playing uh, K two in the new Cassian series again. I wonder if he's doing mocap or if he's just going to do voiceover and nah. somebody else will do mocap for him. Did he do the mocap in the first one? Yes, he did. I believe he did. Oh. Yeah. He so wanted to be back for the he, second. He wanted to have the full Star Wars experience, so he didn't want to just like voice it and that would be it. So he was like walking around on set with like a thing on his head where like, here's the tennis ball. Where K2's face yeah. would be so that people could talk to him. I wonder if Disney has acquired uh, I I don't even know who where the rights are the first few seasons of Clone Wars. Yeah, I would say yes because they are no longer on Netflix. Because Jen and I were watching them, we took a break, we went to go and watch the finish it off the other day because 
she saw the the trailer for the next season. Mm-hmm. They're no longer on Netflix Canada. Okay, because yeah, that was a Cartoon Network show, right? Yeah. Originally, but it's. I think it, knowing Lucas, he probably had certain things written into the contract where it was like, mm. I like after this run, we get it back, and mm-hmm. that run's probably yeah. up. I the, like Clone Wars, but it's not one of the shows where I'm like, like Rebels, I couldn't wait until the next one. Clone Wars, I'm like, eh. Mm. Clone Wars had a little bit of a slow build, though. Like, those last, like... Two, three seasons that yeah. we didn't get to. Right? Oh, yeah. you mean I'm still? We're well, on season like four, and I'm still on the slow build. A little bit. Well, yeah, oh. They they really start to uh, flesh out the characters of the different clones, and then the clones that you start to meet that have like their own personalities and their own names start coming back in other episodes. And they, it's too much fighting, and and well, it's it, called I a war. I know, but I didn't realize it before, and it's kind of not ruined Star Wars for me, but really kind of put a damper on star wars for me was the fact that the planets aren't planets so much as their cities and that really bugs me yeah you do kind of get that feeling from watching clone it's wars. like if we take this one city the whole planet is ours i'm like oh well they're taking the capital like, if that's you control the capital then you the control planet? that's true because well, they live in the future i know but yeah. I, I didn't really once we get cultures. when we get to that to the point where we're traveling and, and having our own space wars if you come down and take over which wherever the un is if you take over that city then you'll control the earth too see and i kept thinking it's like okay if if aliens up there where there are no mexicans <laughs> if aliens came down on and the like, planet if aliens came down right now and captured i don't know name a city washington no not that city any other city topeka. toronto there you go topeka <laughs> yeah but that's not a major would population the entire world fall They're fa- but okay they're- if they captured sydney australia would the entire world population fall maybe. immediately maybe depends on how they took over we may all just be like yep white flags if we give up Christ we don't want you to do it Zealand, that would be it for for americans and canadians and everybody maybe. we'd all be gone Any- see that's the thing anyway anyway <laughs> So there was, was like, there was like a big Star Wars celebration in Chicago. Yes. Was there? Apparently. Wow. Called I Star Wars Celebration. Good chunks of it. I didn't mainline it like I did last year, last yeah. time, where I watched like all like 12 hours oh, of Jesus. like panel I only watched it. one panel. I listened to the episode nine panel. That's the only panel I was watching because it happened to be on my lunch break. I, I saw a bit. Of, I've, I've watched like bits and pieces of it. Like, it, like I said, I didn't mainline it like last no. time, but uh, there's... Uh, there's some cool stuff out of it. What do we start with the? Well, we might as well start with the biggest. The trailer. Well, we got a name mm-hmm. and we got a trailer. So speculation time. What are the Skywalkers? Or who well, is that, the Skywalker? Is the Sky- it's the Skywalker, right? Rise, Rise, Skywalker. Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. What is Skywalker? What is Skywalker? Who is Skywalker? Mm-hmm. Where Sky- is Skywalker? Because there is nobody. Why left is Skywalker named Skywalker that right? we know of? <laughs> yes. Now the the prevailing theory by a lot of people is J.J. Abrams has gone in and retconned Ray's origin from. Well, it's not a retcon. It's just a saying. Yeah, Kylo Ren was lying. Yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't really know. He was just manipulating her. Well, yeah. That, so, that's not really. Yeah, that's pretty easy to believe. I have a theory. Oh, that doesn't really spoil anything okay. for anybody. But I think her, her or J.J. is smart enough to do a workaround. I think what has happened is her her parents are who they who Kylo said they're they're nobodies they're nothing, but uh, to honor her 
mentor, sort of, she takes the Skywalker last name. Mm. And or or does something along those lines I like to, to honor okay. Luke. Yep. So you still kind of get that, but it's like you know we sidestep ret- actually retconning anything. Well, that's and that's but one still thing get people, the thing that everybody wants. Anyway. Well, there's some speculation that maybe you know that Skywalker is now going to become a title. I like the theory that. Whatever the order is that Ray ends up founding won't be called the Jedi. Well, yeah. It'll be called the Skywalkers. <laughs> I don't oh, like that like because that, that means you're naming your order off a messed up family that fucked up the galaxy for everybody else. But they brought no, balance just... to the Force. Yeah. Well, true. Yeah. And really, really, the whole Skywalker family line should really be called the Palpatines. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, we saw the comics. If you read the comics, and the comics are continuity. Yeah, what? it Why was Pal- Palpatine that manipulated the midichlorians to give birth to Anakin. Uh, they've, they've shown yeah, that in the comics. No, they've said they, it in the comics. They had the Emperor talking about it. No, it was, it was in, Vader was in the Force gem thing yes. and saw it. Yeah. The, the Emperor didn't tell him well, this happened. we don't happened. know if that's truth or what he thinks is well, truth. Well, it's what he's seen it's... in the Force. So that's what they've shown at the moment. Yeah. So that would mean then Anakin Skywalker is the illegitimate son of the, Palpatine. Now you don't have to read that trade that I bought on Wednesday. You no. still do need to read it. No, I don't. You yeah, just spoiled it for me. There's no that, need to. No, that has just one little piece that doesn't have no, anything to do with that whole story. Don't need to read it anymore. Fine, don't read it. I don't care. <laughs> now my money that got wasted. Still I read my copy of it. Anyway, uh, so what do you guys think of the trailer? It told us nothing. Exactly. Yep. The way a teaser should. It showed it, us shiny it stuff. It gives us a lot of questions to ponder. We Some make action. jump real high. There's a new over, cute little robot. Yep. Dio. Named Dio. The, 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 the first time they had a working one that could be remote controlled and run on its own was at Celebration on the stage. So for droids, is it the the less numbers and letters in their name, the cuter they are? Because it was R2-D2, which is four, and then it was BB-8, which is three, and now it's D-O, which is two. Yeah, mm-hmm. the smaller you are, the less numbers. Is he, yeah. is, is he named after Ronnie James Dio? Anybody know? know? I don't know who that is. Me neither. Was There's a band called Dio. Singer, yeah, former lead singer. It was a lame joke by Brent. Boy. That's what it was. <laughs> so uh, now, after um, Rex has finished making his R2 units, he's going to have to make some Dio's. I, that's probably easier for him oh, yeah. to make out than because you can find like remote control like Una things pretty easily. Just put a lamp on it, basically. <laughs> it's the IKEA. It's the sad IKEA lamp. It is. It totally is. It's um, yeah. So did you see the? You, well, you saw the panel footage. Did you see the panel footage when they rolled the trailer? Uh huh. And so the pa- the trailer ends with the laugh of Palpatine. And, oh, yes, Kevin Smith, it was Palpatine. It wasn't Mark Hamill. I don't know why you thought this. It sounded Mark Hamill. No, Mark Hamill was was the beginning. Mark Hamill was talking the whole time. It sounds like a voice that Mark Hamill does. Could do, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't think it was Luke. (laughs) But the the fact that uh, Ian McDermott... The, when the lights came back on, yeah, came out and in the Emperor voice said, roll that again. And then... But uh, I liked it. I like the. I like trailers that don't tell me enough to get me interested. Like, why do we see bits of the Death Star? No, they don't tell us that. But they they yeah. show us. Yeah, oh shit! Right. There's bits of the Death Star. What's going on here? Why? Why? Indoor? Well, so if Force Awakens mirrored 
A New Hope, then Rise of Skywalker is going to mirror Return of the Jedi, which means we got to go back to Endor, which means... We're going to go to Tatooine. Just, yeah. Ryan, would you like to, to yes. share with the class what you, what you were looking forward to when they go to Endor? So... My first thought after I watched it the second time and realized what this hunk of metal was, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a piece of the Death Star. That's the, the, the laser disc part there. The and laser I'm, disc player? <laughs> no, part. I didn't oh, say okay. player. <laughs> That's how they beam movies to exactly. other planets. <laughs> a big green beam. The other planets just can't handle how cool laser discs are, so they explode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. It has to be one, you know, one of two places. Then it's either yeah. Yavin Four, yep. or a moon of Endor, yep. or Endor itself, not the moon. Well, is an Endor a gas planet? I have no idea. It has multiple moons. It could be any moon, anyway. Either way, it's around Endor. Um, but if we're gonna go with okay, well, we got at the they show the you know we hear Palpatine's laugh at the same time. Well, if we're going to have Palpatine and a Death Star, it only makes sense to be the second Death Star. Because mm-hmm. he never set his foot on the first right. one. He died on the second one. There's a punchline coming. So if we're going back to Endor, uh-huh. I want them to run into Chief Wicket of the Ewoks. <laughs> he was so proud of Yeah, this. I want him to see Ewoks, <laughs> and I want Wicket to be there, and he's Chief. I yeah. want all the Ewoks from the Ewok animated series to be there. Nisa and... But, yep, Tom. they can all be there. But Wicket wasn't exactly the brightest bulb. But so he was I a mean. kid. He was a child. He got seduced by a cookie. <laughs> Come on, or, or a, a pretty girl, a pretty girl with a, with a cookie. That that continued on the animated show too. It was always Wicket's fault that they were all in trouble. But then he always ended up helping out and saved the day in the end, didn't he? Wouldn't well, it be even funnier if it was okay? So it's always Wicket's fault that they're in trouble. Wicket's really pissed. He goes to the ruins of the Death Star, finds like a, the Force projection of Palpatine, and becomes a Sith Lord. <laughs> Oh, you just see this really short set of dark robes come out of the woods and start throwing trees at them. Sign me up. Darth Wicket. Darth Wicket. He has to change his his name. He can't be Wicket anymore. Darth Wicked? Darth Dum Dum? Darth Walkling. Darth Dum Dum? He's been behind everything the entire time. <laughs> Palpatine so was the puppet of Palpatine a was yeah, Palpatine was possessing Wicket, who was then controlling Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Oh, Roll credits. I love this idea so much. This this rivals the until the movie comes out. This currently rivals the Jar Jar with the Sith Lord theory. Yep. Yeah. Poor evil wicked. Oh, there can only be two. It comes together so well. <laughs> you need a minute. <laughs> if there's any artists out there, please draw that for us. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I would love to see that. Yeah. Wicket with a double-bladed lightsaber. <laughs> and like evil Darth Jar Jar standing behind him. Mm. <laughs> my young apprentice. <laughs> uh, yes, anyway. so that's what... I, I, yeah, I enjoyed the trailer. Yeah. It's a good yeah. trailer. Yep. I, I assume it's in front of Endgame. I'm sure oh, it will I'm sure be. Yeah. So I'm really, really hoping that... Um, this has got nothing to do with the plot, but I'm really, really hoping that they keep like the Porg nests in the Millennium Falcon... So that, you know, even if it's not a plot point, they're like walking down the corridor and you see like little porgs sticking their heads out from the 
bits and pieces of because <laughs> they like fully inhabited that spaceship. Didn't the actor who played Chewbacca get asked about what porks taste like on yes. the panel? He said uh, fried chicken. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was uh, he was a little, he was funny but a little awkward on that panel. Yeah. Well, English is he was excited. He was excited to be there. I the, somebody mentioned it. about how Lando is in the same outfit that we see him in Solo yeah. and complained about it. I'm like, have you ever met somebody that age? They're guaranteed to think at least one of their outfits is back in style that they wore from 1965. That's that like he's that's just the happy least it's of the still fits. With that. Yeah, or they're like, why do I need a new shirt? This one's still fine. <laughs> at least he's not wearing Han's shirt again. Like, come on. Oh <laughs> yeah. So we got that. We got, we got that. We got all kinds of uh, toys and stuff. Like we got new. Ex- oh, so it's too bad Kevin's not going to the park this year. Like he was planning on going because we could have. He was going to be our action. He was going to be our action. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because they it's announced right. they announced three three figure action figure sets. Uh, the one they'd already seen. It's uh, Kylo Ren with two First Order troopers. One, one of them in gold. In all gold from the Resistance series. Guess um, who's getting a figure in one of these three packs, Kevin? It, uh, DJ Rex. Hondo. Oh, and Hondo. Hondo. Yeah. Yeah, DJ Rex is in the the uh, droid pack. Yeah. But the first ever Hondo figure is in the hero set. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Brent's going to be excited and sad all at the same time. Well, Rex was talking about he might be going to Disney sometime in the near future. So Rex is a loyal fan. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can give him some He money. told me it wouldn't be this year. Yeah, well, it's it, it, I don't blame him. <laughs> to try and fight that crowd this year. Oh, well, yeah. But uh, yeah, the the we got that those announcements. Which those is, announcements. We got the San Diego uh, upcoming San Diego exclusive announcements. Um, What's the the Black Series one? The Boba Fett oh, in yeah. the uh, original in the, toy coloring. Yeah, in the original Kenner figure colors. I'm curious if they're going to like you know just that add something to it. Put like a rocket firing <laughs> missile in it. That'll poke kids' eyes out. Yeah. Um, we, uh, got- we got comic announcements. Mm-hmm. Marvel's going to be doing some more. Uh, you know, they've been doing like the Age of Rebellion and the Age of the uh, the uh, Ultron. No, not Age of Ultron. Uh, <laughs> the Republic. Yeah, those one shots. So they'll be doing an Age of Age of Resistance. Yep, and we're supposed to get one shots for like most of the main characters. There's going to be a Holdo BB-8 Maz Kanata story. Interesting. Oh, cool. So. Yep, and then uh, oh, one thing they showed for that's new for the park is Coca Cola yes. has signed a con a deal to be I guess the beverage of the of Galaxy's Edge. Star Wars. Coca Cola is the official soft drink of the Walt Disney Company. Oh, okay, oh, is it? So, okay. It, this so, is just an extension of that deal. That... So in the Star in Galaxy's Edge, well, they can't have regular Coca Cola bottles or cans because that's not how it would look in Star Wars. Mm. So they've designed brand new bottles and cans specific for the park. And they looked really cool. They're like almost like little bulbs. They're balls, yeah. Well, they they did that for Christmas a couple of years ago. But oh yeah, they had the Christmas cap, balls. The yeah, yeah. Are and for like the world, the FIFA World Cup, didn't they have? Yeah. Like and and the labelings in Arabesh. 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 Well, yeah. And then this is yeah. It's also it's all Star Wars writing and designs and and they've uh, just so they're doing um, Coke, Diet Coke, and Sprite in that format, and then they are doing Dasani water. Yeah. Uh, it has a funky looking bottle too, mm. and it's all written in Arabish. 
that looked pretty cool. We got our our look at the the both the lightsaber making and the droid making stuff. See, I saw the droid making parts. I didn't see the stuff for the lightsaber. So please so, tell me all about it. So I there is going to be yeah yeah. Um, I am showing a picture of the bottles, which you can find online. I can't see fairly it from this far easily. Away. So the lightsabers, there's going to be two stores that sell them. One is going to sell basically movie replicas. Yeah, that's like going to be at that one. Oh shit, we talked about weeks ago the uh, the one the, the yeah yeah the junkyard guy's place. Savi. So, yeah. So oh, Doc Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. That's it. So the one where you can make the lightsabers, which is the one that I'm more interested in, yeah, there will be kind of sort of three styles you can go with. So I guess there's a base hilt that you then add on to. Okay. There's one that's geared more towards the dark side. There's one that's more the light side. And then there's one that's kind of like earth and nature. So there will be like some leather like full leather and full wood elements Ooh. to it. Like it like they showed one yep. that looked like it kind of was made out of a tusk. Okay. And here's where Disney has taken the lessons learned from Universal's Harry Potter wand ceremony and cranked it up for more money <laughs> and yeah. more awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. So at the start of the ceremony, you get to pick your color for your kyber crystal, right? For your lightsaber. You, apparently there the kyber crystals will look different. Like not like, obviously they're not all going to be different from all of them. Like they're not going to be completely unique, but you don't necessarily know what your crystal is going to look like when you get it. Just what color it is. Okay. You then go into the the Jedi workshop era area and put your crystal into a holocron that then gives you like information on the lightsaber that you're going to build. The holocrons you can also buy separately. Yes, you can. <laughs> And then you get like a, basically a tray of parts that goes with the theme that you went with. So they're not going to be as unique as you might think, but I guess that's probably due to how they want to. Well, they can only have so many different options and so many parts. Yeah, and, and, all that. and also how they work and snap together yeah. or whatever it is. And then you you get a blade which is removable, and you can Has also and, sound. and optional. For, yeah, you don't have to buy the blade. Apparently. Really? Yeah, you all can buy right. just the hilt. So the, you can also buy a really funky looking display box for your hilt too. Nice. That like they look kind of like the Star Wars like cargo carrier sort of style, like that, like kind of boxy kind of look. Okay. With, yep. Like um, yeah, it looked pretty cool. I saw the guy there. So there's some videos on YouTube that had the demonstration that they were doing. Nothing official, but people just capturing yeah. it, and it looks like like. Yeah. So I, I want to do it. I, I want to do it now. I, I have a couple of red flags about Uh-oh. about this. Uh, so you guys have, Brett and Jen, you've done the, the Harry Potter wand experience. Yes. Now you can go and do the wand experience without actually having to buy the wand. Mm. It sounds to me like this Jedi uh, lightsaber experience, there's no getting out of there without buying a wand. Oh, definitely not. Really? So you can't just go and experience this for lack of a better term, attraction, you have to go in knowing you're going to spend a hundred bucks well, on no. a lightsaber. Well, the one thing I heard it together, then that makes sense. Like the the Harry Potter one, it's basically you just the Harry Potter one is a show, right? It's yeah. a it's a cool little show where they one chooses a kid, yeah. and, and the wizard at the front of the shop 
does this whole cool mm. little special effects show. And it doesn't sound like that's going to be an option in this. The other no. thing is only 14 people at a time are allowed in the shop. Yeah. Oh, my God, the line. No, see, uh, what I did I here, it, yeah, there's only 14. your time slot, though? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. We, there's a lot we don't know about how timing is going to work in well, I guess Galaxy's we'll know after Edge. it opens, right? Now, from what I read, yeah, there's only 14 tables where they're making. But you can have, like, you can go in as a family. Like, you can have, like, four or five people go in. To do the one building, right? So you only have to, you know, yeah, buy one light. But if I just want to go in and watch or so see how you this find works, someone else is going in, then you join uh, in with them. And you pretend know. you're they part might, of their family. They That's might have a line where you can watch people do it, like that separated or well, something. Well, but we'll know better in a couple of months when yeah. it opens. But but the hilts that, look pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> and like the the there. So I'm on because of the the lightsaber I bought at the the swap meet thing. Yep. I'm on a bunch of boards on Facebook where it's it's these people who build the metal lightsabers and stuff like that. Right. And they are dissect, dissecting the photos of this thing for, like, to no end. So, like, the movie replica one, they've only mentioned a couple sabers, but apparently what they displayed was a lot more. So, like, they've mentioned the... Um, there's another version of the Luke Return of the Jedi one, like what I've got. But in the movie... The emitter, there's like a thin, a thinner piece, whereas yeah. on my replica, for practical reasons, it's, it's thicker. It's thicker in one slot, so you can fit the blade in. Apparently, they they've got one that's more like the movie that like you can still put a blade in. Like Ooh. there's a special adapter they a had to smaller create for blade it. thing. Uh, Asajj Ventress's sabers were also spotted as part of the thing, as were Sokas. Yeah, that's one thing I did hear that, uh, yeah, a lot of the other secondary characters from the movies and stuff like that uh, would be, yeah, lightsabers available for One purchase. of the ones, and I couldn't figure out if it's one that you can build like that because it was hard to tell where, which side of the display it was, is the Jedi Guardians, like the Guardians of the Temple. Okay. You can, not the cool, like, fold-out double-blade one that we saw in Rebels, but that style of hilt, which is like for a single blade, that is also, oh, you cool. can either make it or it's available. So. Maybe you'll be able to buy the librarian's lightsaber. That would be so cool. Uh, what else did we get out of Celebration? We got our first glimpses at The Mandalorian, if you go on YouTube and watch... Yeah, I haven't uh, looked at that yet. ...cell phone footage from Yeah, because it. they didn't release that no. online. That is the weirdest cast ever. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it, like in a good way, like it reminds me a lot of when they announced the cast of Rogue One, because you've got like the guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, that makes sense. Gina Carano. Well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You want like a, a girl who can do some action. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl Weathers is apparently in the show mm-hmm. from Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and okay, I just watched Predator. Yeah. Uh, so Carl Weathers. All right. And we knew about Taka Watatiti uh, doing a voice of apparently IG eleven, not eighty eight. Oh, they okay. have come out and oh. it's a different IG. There's footage of him in combat apparently that is pretty cool looking. Yeah, but I haven't managed to track that down. And Werner Herzog, yeah, is a actor in this. <laughs> he is Who's that. He is a mainly known for directing uh, documentaries. <laughs> okay, he's a crazy he did gr- German documentary. Yeah, maker. he did Grizzly Man. If you've ever seen that documentary, nope. oh, that's you should kind of watch that and not all at the same time. Um, you saw Jack Reacher, right? The first one. 
Yes. You know the crazy Russian guy who like had to bite off his fingers in order to get out of the gulag? Like the main villain of the movie. I think, yes. That's Werner Herzog. It's okay. one of the other acting jobs he's done oh. in the last couple of years. Yeah, so like it's just like, all right, I'm in. It's weird. Yep. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, The Mandalorian looks like it, it's shaping up quite well. Yep. Oh, so we also got uh, our first look at Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The, the new, new video game, game. The new video game. That's <laughs> They've been very quick to say no microtransactions, no multiplayer, and uh, kind of as much as it's, yeah, it's put out by one of, uh, well, yes, it's Respawn, which yeah. is owned by e- EA. They're also, well, EA, EA didn't have anything really. They were kind of hands off on this and. Just because EA, <laughs> EA please is, don't is, take the license away yeah. from us. EA is the evil empire of video games right yeah. now, and uh... yeah, it was weird that that they the no microtransactions thing was announced before the video game yeah. trailer and everything else, like that a day before they let that Which, info. And out. for the type of game that it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a single player campaign. Mm. Now, the one thing I heard someone say, and I haven't seen it anywhere official, is that the game's only going to take like 12 hours to play. Uh, unfortunately, that does tend to be a little... So, you know, which there's sucks probably if that's the case. DLC. Yeah. No, hopefully there would be. But if there's nothing else, like you'll, you'll play the game and then be like, okay, now but what? It, and there's a comic book connection to that, too. Apparently, um, something that... Uh, I don't know which comics it's in... The uh, the purge enforcer troopers that we see in the trailer are created for one of the Marvel comics, and now and they they're going to be brought to life in that video game. Okay, cool. And apparently, the second sister, which is one of the ones, uh, one of the uh, the bad guys from uh, Rebels, uh, you know the uh, yeah, with the cool circular light. I don't know if second sister is the female one we see in rebels or or if she was of, just in the in the, in the she she's appeared in the vader comic yeah but that's who the one of the villains who's hunting him is it looks cool though oh, it looked, I, it looked I, beautiful I like the idea of like the, the we didn't see really any no in-game footage, footage but but the know, cinematics looked good yep and i'm always up for a good star wars you know story game yeah and we also learned we're getting a break from star wars Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah, uh, a movie-related, like, yeah, a movie break. Not with two TV series, uh, live action, yeah. and a, but it'll and be interesting because it was well. it was what, the head of series. the head of Disney that said that. Was yeah, and Kathleen Kennedy has also said but, like, "Oh no, we're like full go." Because right yeah, now. I was just saying because Kathleen Kennedy kind of contradicted that, saying you know that they're just go go. And then, well, she also mentioned uh, very recently since I don't know if it was at Celebration interview or just after. Talking to someone about uh, they have plans for uh, doing uh, TV or movies with uh, the old Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, yeah. It was the it was the first time they've confirmed yeah. that that's a possibility. In like we're working on something, yeah. But we don't know how far along that something is no. or anything like. It that. would make sense though sense to me though if that turns out to be the thing that the Game of Thrones guys is working on. Yeah, wouldn't be bad. Any more news that came out of it? Like, we got... There's a bunch of stuff that we already right. saw. There's a couple little things I don't know if you got on your list. No, that's in my Star Wars list. I just realized I missed something earlier. Because uh, they totally did not Star show... Wars related, so. They showed the crowd the first episode of Season 2 of Resistance. 
Oh, did they? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, having not seen Resistance, I won't tell you what's in it because I, yeah, I heard it takes place like fairly closely after the end of the last. Yeah, night. almost immediately. Yeah. It takes place almost immediately, and since you don't know what happened at the end of Resistance, I will not tell you what happens. In- <laughs> Whereas we know, in, like with Rebels, a little bit of time passed in between bits of the season. Sometimes. Yeah, but this one, it makes sense that it has to happen. It has to happen immediately after yeah, okay. because well the. The last episodes of Resistance line up with uh, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. So since there was such a minimal time jump between Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, yeah. it makes sense that there's going to be a minimal time jump between the seasons of this. There's a major shift for one of the characters um, on the show, and uh, the rest of them are in a place they didn't expect to be. So let's just say that. Uh, the other thing I don't think you mentioned is the, the Darth Vader Oculus Rift movie. Oh no! Well, a, a game, yeah. a game. Well, yeah. They're they're really being choose, sort of the choose yeah, your own adventure VR. Vader Immortal. What is that? What it's called? Vader Immortal. Yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty interesting too. Yeah, um, it's a uh, it's another one that like we've known about it for a while. It's just we got more details of it because that the, there's been a teaser trailer for it since I want to say last celebration mm, or I maybe it later. That. It's been a while. Yeah. Because, but like teaser in the strictest sense of the word, like you you, you walk up the Vader on Mustafar and he lights his, up his lightsaber and that's it kind of thing. But and uh, yeah, anything else? Well, that's it for me. I don't know if anybody else has anything from Kevin. But then no, no, uh, no, that's pretty yeah. much it. Like from we saw a new Clone Wars trailer, which was cool. I I mean, see, oh, there's a new trailer. Yeah, for oh, I didn't uh, see that one. Yeah, it. Uh, they, they show more of, like, finished footage, I guess, and the, the clones with their Ahsoka-painted helmets, which was kind of cool. That's cool. And, uh, yeah. And Do you think, um, uh, remember at the last Fan Expo I went to, they showed the first episode of the new season of Rebels? Do you think they could bring the, the season premiere of Clone Wars when to Fan Expo? is it... I- Doubt it. Just because I all that stuff supposed it's... to be coming on the, on the streaming service, yeah. if that's not premiering until but, November. But they could that, they could show Resistance. I I wouldn't be surprised if we get like the first two episodes. Like what happened with Rebels, right? Is like, well, San Diego, we only had one done, but now we got two. There if they show anything like that, yeah. yeah. All right. Hopefully, we'll get some kind of cool stuff showing up here when yeah. it comes to Fan Expo time. And but now the wait till December begins. Yep. <laughs> But we have Endgame. That's, that's if we can survive uh, the end of April through May. Like, have you looked at all the movies that are coming out in the next like month and a half? Yeah. Well, it's like, like almost every weekend we have to go to the movies. Like Hellboy got buried. Like it came <sighs> it in did. second at the box office, but there it's like it was just unfortunate release date. Yeah. I think they were betting on like what the R rating and would drive more people to it, and it just didn't. No. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. It's definitely not as bad as the reviews make it out to me. No. No. I, I still... It's it's missing something. And I couldn't tell you what it is. And it's, Ron it's, Perlman? No, actually. I think David Harbour was okay. His yeah. makeup sometimes was a little bit sketchy, but on a and whole... And his, his Hellboy is a, uh, kind of a different Hellboy. Yeah. It, but no, it's... Um, I relate it back in some ways to the Punisher, like the the movies of the Punisher. Is I think Thomas Jane was a great Punisher. Mm. He was just not in a particularly great movie. The Punisher Warzone movie has some good aspects to it, but there's still something missing. 
And the same with this is it's like um, this Hellboy focused much more on like the supernatural horror side of things. Yeah. Whereas Del Toro's definitely leaned into more of the fairy tale side of it. And I mean that in like a good way. Yeah. But it, so they're very different beasts in a lot of ways. And it took story beats right out of the comic. Yes. Yeah, it was very, it was a lot more comic than it was anything else. We got to see Lobster Johnson. Yeah. Which and I, I, never I, thought I really like that they didn't have some stupid, like, elbowed in um, love plot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it has different. F- like lead up characters and stuff like that, but if if you get a chance to see it, definitely if you see like if you can't get into Endgame, for instance, it's worth a watch. If, yeah. Especially if you like Hellboy. Um, unfortunately, I think, and it sets up for oh, it like sets a up sequel like or two. Awesome, yeah, but and I don't think we're going to get them, which is sad. Yeah, because it, it it came in second at the box office, but it was a pretty oh, low second, like. I want to say twenty-eight million, uh, and it's and due to its content, I don't see it opening in China. It could, it maybe, could, it doesn't but, really deal with ghosts and stuff. It's, yeah, as much as it's supernatural, it's more monsters. Yeah, but I didn't it's notice any uh, Chinese company yeah. credits in it. So. Mm. That's usually the big way to get yourself into China is have a, one of the Chinese companies involved. Yeah. Which brings us to the long box of doom. Oh, so if you listen to our last full episode, you will know that... Uh, oh, and by the t- way, Hellboy was the number three movie last week. I saw it at number two on one of the According the to charts. Box Office Mojo. Uh, okay. Maybe it was Canadian that I saw it on. Um, the movie Little was number two, which is the new... Um, uh, like uh, a woman becomes thirteen year old girl oh, again. Yeah, the big in reverse. Yeah. So our uh, our comics were provided to us by To Comic Shop, which you can find at To Comic Shop uh, online. I guess I don't say a website here. I see they they've got an Instagram at To Comic Shop and uh, Gmail at To Comic Shop at Gmail dot com. Um, Elizabeth picked out our comics for us, and she didn't go with terrible this round. Well, not like no, she just she went with random. Yeah, she went completely random. So if they're terrible, there it's by mistake. Uh, well, or by randomness, not uh, yeah. not on purpose to punish us. Yeah, we just asked her to select randomly from the bin of dollar comics, so she had no idea whether they were going to be good or bad. She just randomly pulled a bunch yeah. out. Who, who wants to go first, Jen? Sure, I can go first. Okay. Um, I read Madame Frankenstein. Uh-huh. Um, it was just kind of meh. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was all in black and white. Um, and it's the story. It's basically Frankenstein story. So this guy meets girl. Girl dies in a car crash. Guy tries to reanimate girl. Never do that. It never works out. Yeah. Um, for some reason, there's also fairies, and I don't know why. Because um, <laughs> what how you issue reanimate them. is this? It's issue number one. Number one? Oh. Yeah. So, and the, the doctor guy talks to fairies for some reason. Uh, and I think the girl... I don't know why. I don't know why. And the girl is reanimated and she's a monster and she's scared of fire and then it ends and they name he names her gail it's all black and white uh there's a lot of boobs um full frontal nudity 
with the fairies and with the Frankenstein girl. Um, but there's not really... It, all, most of the, the panels have no speaking in it. It's just, Oops. I guess, action. Is it bad that I have now come up with, like, a shitty parody song to uh, Van Morrison's brown-eyed girl, a Frankenstein girl? Yes. <laughs> Do you remember when we used to sing <laughs> Fire Bad? Like, she doesn't even do that far. She just goes, nah, rah, yeah. and then she's naked and scared, and a big strong man saves her. I so, guess. is there but, any saving grace to this for you, really? The actual, the art itself is, is well drawn. Like, I like the, I wish it was a handsome color, but I, I like the art style. I mm-hmm. think it's really well drawn. I can tell what everything is. Um, you know, the fairies look really ether, etherworldly. Ethereal. Ethereal. That's the word. Um, he kind of looks like Archer. Yeah, he kind of looks like Archer. Well, it's Krieger that makes Frankenstein yeah. monsters, though. <laughs> but I mean, okay. there's absolutely nothing about it that makes me want to read the second issue because nothing happened in the first issue other than he reanimated a dead chick. And is there a second issue? I don't know if there's a second issue or not. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of boring. Like, mm. I read the whole thing, and I went, well, that was a comic. And then I started playing The Sims. So, yeah. If you really, really, really like Frankenstein, like, it's your favorite thing in the world, you'll either hate this or you might be intrigued. <laughs> um, but it's kind of boring. I wish it had color. Who I are like the creators? Color. Megan Levins and Jamie S. Rich. Oh, never heard of them. Jamie S. Rich was a uh, editor at Dark Horse and Oni for quite a long time. Oh, okay. I mean, I like that they they make a special note to say, you know, oh, we had to save her arm and her hands and her face was mostly destroyed. And they did a really good job of keeping her tits. Mm. <laughs> All righty. So, yeah, that's my review. Ryan. Uh, I got to read... An issue of Firestorm, uh, actually issue 94 from uh, February 1990. So I, I lucked out with this issue. Uh, it's a one-shot. Oh, lucky. It's a one-shot side story. Uh, I did a little research after I read it, and apparently the issue before this uh, concluded a big story arc called The Elemental Wars. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so this, and then, so it's um, starring Professor Stein, who is no longer part of Firestorm. No, he wasn't. At this company. point, uh, Firestorm was Ronnie and uh, some Russian guy. Mikhail, somebody right there. Yeah. And so in this story, a, mo- a good part of it is uh, Professor Stein flashing back and telling us how he got to the point where it starts off with him being chased by Killer Frost through the hallways of the university that he works at, which is some like uh, the school for meta human studies or something like this, <laughs> you know, where they experiment on meta humans or study them or something. So he's being chased by killer frost and he's kind of like flashing back to how he got to this point and like, what happened. And so he was up late one night cause he can't sleep and he was walking on the campus and heard a gunshot. So he ran towards the gunshot and found his uh, one of his professor friends lying on the floor of his lab. So he brings him to the hospital, and then of course, you know, the police show up and they question him and accuse, you know, think he's a suspect because, well, of course, he's the only one he brought him in, so he must have shot him. Uh, so then he's like, well, being a former superhero, but not remembering at this point any of that past mm. because he had a brain tumor 
Oh. Uh, that I guess once he got eliminated from the Firestorm Matrix, he lost all his memories from prior to that because of this brain tumor that he got cured from. Okay. So you learned this during this whole side story too. And uh, during his investigation, like he's kind of going around and he's inter- you know, talking to other, other professors. We learned there's some weird characters working at this fucking school. Um, but all the flashbacks are drawn in are colored in purple and blues. It's a oh. whole different color palette. So you can tell when it's flashbacks versus the modern retelling of like in th- at that moment. Oh, cool. Uh, which I really thought that was, like, I didn't notice that first. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's, okay, I see what they're doing. So I was wondering, why is everything purple and blue? But then I was realizing, oh, that's the uh, like the flashbacks, and then there's some like, some other weird looking professors that there. Who's the writer on that book at this? Point? Uh, John Ostrander. Oh, John John Ostrander. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, does Firestorm Firestorm does show up at the end to kind of like help save the professor when he's being fun? You know, once we get back. Once he catches up to his own story, mm. uh, and he's being chased by Killer Frost, then Firestorm shows up to kind of save the design day. for Firestorm. Uh, it? It's Firestorm with the you know in the onesie. <laughs> uh, see if I can find a good. Bug. So I think at this time, what's well, it's this Firestorm you see on the cover? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At it's, this time in the comics, too, Firestorm was like the DC Universe Fire Elemental. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, because that gets thing mentioned. Was the in Earth Swamp Elemental thing. Yeah. and Red Tornado was the Air Elemental, and, I and that's where the whole ending of the Elemental Wars and all <laughs> yeah, that. That's yeah, yeah. so. Uh, so this kind of I guess this issue must have been if you had you been reading Firestorm like, up to this point, I'm thinking this is a good like, it's a filler issue to be like, this is what's happened with the Professor right now right. and. Cool. And uh, yeah, so it's, it, for all in all, it wasn't a bad story. I was kind of, I was very glad that it was just a one shot story. Yeah. Um, Had it been the issue before this, <laughs> you, you probably would have like, screwed. What the hell's going on? Especially because yeah. it was like the prologue to Elemental War or something like yeah, that. So, and yeah. At least the issue after this is probably the start of another, another story one. arc, yeah. and you so, would have been fine there too. But, but uh, yeah, no. It, I always liked I, Ostrander. Well, his, even, his run on Spectre's really good. Yep. Oh, yeah. While I was reading it, I thought maybe it was kind of like what happened, uh, you know, when we watch when, in our Star Wars issues, where we get those side Obi Wan Kenobi stories, where yeah. it's like a filler because it's a different artist. So I thought maybe that's that's why I looked to see like, okay, what was the issue before this, and then one after this? Like, was this like a oh shit, we need to get an issue out? Let's just throw this other mm. side story. But no, it was like they just finished a big story, and it's like, okay, here's the palate cleanser, and then now continue on with Firestorm. Cool. Well, then I should go next because my book was also written by John Ostrander. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, he was writing a lot of stuff back then. Yeah, too. he was sort of writing the darker corners and of the DC He universe. was around a lot. Mike, uh, Mike Grell was the other guy I always remember from DC books at the time. So um, my book was Manhunter Number 1 from July of 1988. So this took place just after the Millennium crossover where the Manhunters had infiltrated almost every corner of the DC universe. Okay. Um, So uh, John Ostrander and Kim Yale are the writers and pencilers Doug Rice and the inker was Sam Keith. Um, So... This is Mark Shaw, the Manhunter, and the book opens with him taking down Penguin. Um, there's a lot of just like, we Manhunter doesn't have a, ro- a rogues gallery, so we'll just let him take on other people's rogues in this yeah. book. He takes down both Penguin and uh, Captain Cold in this book. 
they're trying to set him up as a bounty hunter who's trying to atone for for the evil that the Manhunters caused in the Millennium crossover. Uh, they set up a family for him that is um, that is he's estranged from, and he has to put on disguises to go visit them. Um, Answer me this question, though. One of the characters in the book, when Mark comes to visit his family, yells at the father and says, Damn it, father, he's only your half-son. How can a father be a, how can How can a father have a half-son? Yeah, I don't think that works. <laughs> well, unless he calls him his half-son because he's a stepson. Maybe it's, yeah, I mean, is it a he's step-son? not in his biological son at all. That's not what it says. It specifically says half-son. half-son. He's only your half-son. I'm your real son. Is what this guy says. Ha, ha, is it? Oh, it no, be, when you put it in that full sentence context, that's weird. Would it be his son from another woman? Maybe, but he would yeah, still be the be full, full father. Son, right? Yeah, yeah. That's this is weird. the this is what the guy says. Nice to hear it, Mark. Meanwhile, we've had to live with it too. Microphones and minicams shoved in our faces, and important clients pulling their businesses after your conviction. James, that's enough, says the father. And he says, damn it, father, he's only your half-son. I'm your real son, your good son. I'm like, okay, I don't know what a half-son is, uh, but... Yeah. Uh, anyway. Huh. So, yeah, maybe uh, he's a son, like you said, his, you know, from a different relationship. How long did the series last? Um, I'm not sure. Um, a couple of years, I think. Oh, maybe really? Like 20, 20 issues or so. Uh, then there's some superfluous backstory about... Uh, like, we're just going to tell you that I fought the Justice League as, uh, as somebody named the Star, the Star Tsar, and I worked with them as somebody called the Privateer. Uh, and then, like, we're just told all this stuff. And then he goes to try to take down Captain Cold uh, because he's a bounty hunter. He's trying to rebuild his reputation by becoming a bounty hunter. Uh, I don't know because they're uh, badass. Sure, and uh, like Lobo, uh, he takes he takes the guy down, and um, and then uh, he gets his commission taken away. I don't know. It's the ending is <laughs> ambiguous. And there was another Manhunter called Paul Kirk, who everybody in this book seems to know about, but I don't... That is the one character that they don't give us any information about, and yet they keep saying, are you related to Paul Kirk? And I'm like, I don't know anything about well, Paul Kirk. Well, that's it. That's the Archie Goodwin, Walt Simonson Manhunter, isn't yeah, it? I think so. What about the Martian Manhunter? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So... Um, I'm glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> There's Me too. Of, there are a lot of uh, sort of fingers that reach out into the greater DC universe of the late 80s. And I think if you had been following, and I'm pretty sure at the time I did pick this up because I was reading Justice League and Suicide Squad and Millennium. Yeah. Like all of those things were part of my, I was in high school at the time. So I was reading these books. And um it's Millennium, the crossover. Oh, no, it's the Manhunter crossover. I was. It's Invasion I'm thinking of. The aliens that they used in that crisis. Oh, the Dominators. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. no, never mind. Yeah, no, Keep that going. was the next crossover. So um, then the book ends with a woman who collects superhero masks, and she wants the Manhunter's mask as part of her collection. And that's where the book ends. So um, Did it intrigue you enough that you would have bought the next issue? 
I'm sure as a kid I bought a bunch of issues of this book, but I don't remember anything about it, and I don't care. <laughs> so, um, as an adult, no. <laughs> I do love that there are ads in these books that, you know, we don't get ads like this anymore. There's an ad for um, Jolly Ranchers Fruit Snacks and Ultima Video Games and comics like World of Metropolis and Who's Who 88. Mm -hmm. uh, Batman the Cult was new. At this I point. used to love the the Who's Who books and the uh, the Marvel Universe guides or what is yeah. it? The uh, uh, official the handbooks. Yeah, the official hand. You know they're putting an omnibus out of the Marvel one this Are year. They? That's awesome. I, I'm tempted to get it, but I'm like, how much would I actually? Flip I love. Through? They used to have um, sort of like classified ads pages. Yep, where you could buy X-ray specs. Get and muscles in seven days. Wholesale prices for everyone on new comics, graphic novels, specialty books, and back issues. Lots of lots of ads for places where you could buy comics. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that was pretty much it for Manhunter. Um, it was a comic, and it's it's not the uh, artist. The artist for the time typical eighties. Um, Who is the artist on it? It was uh, Doug Rice and Sam Keith. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Keith was the inker. Yeah. Sam, so, Sam Keith went on to, he drew the first run of, uh, or first uh, issue or two or three of Sandman. And he also did um, The Max is probably what he's best known for at this point. So there were 23 issues of this book. Um, and it, uh, the Paul Kirk was the Golden Age Manhunter. Oh. Uh, so he was in, like, adventure comics back in the 40s and 50s. Uh, then there would be another Manhunter that was a better series even after that. Yeah, the Archie Goodwin one, I remember. Oh, that more. was the 70s revival with yeah. Art Goodwin and Simonson? Yeah. Um, it was collected in 84. And the, the Kate... Uh, is it Kate Bishop? No, Kate... Oh, yeah, I always forget about that book, too, but that was a good book. Yeah, it was a very good book. Kate that Spencer. Nearly got Manhunter. a TV show once upon a time. Yeah, she was a prosecutor, and mm. she put the costume together, and it turned out she was related to some Golden Age hero. It was yeah. good. I like that book, too. Uh, but this one, yeah, I could take it or leave it. So I guess I got, like, sort of lucky. I got Munchkin uh, from Boom. I got Munchkin issue four. Uh, it is a comic book anthology series based on the card game. That's uh, a lot of fun. I have a copy of it. Ooh, yeah, and can. it's basically, you know, riffing on the idea of the card game. Because the card game is like a comedic thing of where you go into a dungeon, get loot, level up your character, and the one that reaches like level 10 first wins. And you do that by getting loot. And, and, and it's like tongue-in-cheek stuff, right? Like it's... You know, one of the one of the uh, creatures you fight in the card game is a gazebo and, and stuff like that. Isn't one of the cards like uh, you get to be the GM's girlfriend yes, and you get like GM's a unicorn and superpowers? Move slower than I would have liked it to. It's a game that uh, you have to put house rules in. I find like you because it's one of those games that like revolves around screwing your neighbor, basically mm -hmm. screwing over the other players, but. There's no rule to stop how many times you like you can do that in a turn. Mm -hmm. So it just can sometimes like if whenever somebody gets to that like certain level, 
they like just people dogpile them and then when the next person get people dogpile them you've got to yeah. kind of put house rules but it, it can be fun yeah. and there's different versions of it too <laughs> as this comic kind of explores mm-hmm. so the first story um basically follows two people in the, hunting around the dungeon um for treasure and th- it already explains right off the bat that as soon as they find the treasure one of them's going to backstab the other one <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, they end up finding the treasure, which is being has already been found by like an orc kind of character, and they all leap on it. And it turns out the diamond's actually a teleporter to a starship that's a parody of Star Trek. Oh yeah, which is like there's a captain and he has like a uh, first officer that is a cat person named Mittens. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to read this now. Basically, the in their universe, diamonds are, like, used for, like, everything. So the characters teleport the starship captain off and steal all the diamonds for themselves. <laughs> um, it's written by Tom Sedell and illustrated by Mike Holmes. I'm assuming not the guy who fix ha- fixes houses. How's it spelled? Uh, H-O-L-M-E-S. That's the same way. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty Sherlock. popular last name, though. Yeah. <laughs> and the second story is written by Jim Zub, who, if you've listened to our show, have you've actually heard him on it uh, last year. I uh, did a panel with him, and he wrote a story about Munchkin Pirates. And basically, it's a lot of piratey like, puns nice. and jokes. Yeah. And it, it's a fun little story. Uh, it, it ends with uh, jokes about Davy Jones's locker, and Davy Jones is a skeleton pirate, and he says something along the lines of, uh, "I'm used to having a skeleton crew." Wah, wah, wah. And uh, and as a nice bonus for the people who play the game, it comes with a game card. Oh, that's cool. So I think it, I think it might. I don't know for fact, but I'm assuming like. These were probably exclusive to the the comics as yeah. an enticement. So it's a uh, especially like this is boombox played during any combat plus four to either side. Like that's a lot of damage to be throwing at somebody in that game. But it's a fun little book. Um, it's not my you my usual style of read. And there's no like I could jump into this, read it, and I'm done. Like there's no continuation on it, obviously. But uh, if you like like that sort of stuff, it'd be pretty good. Okay for younger readers, too. There's no, like, serious violence or swearing or anything like that in it. And I know I want to say Katie Cook did one of the issue, earlier issues. So. Do you know how long that book ran? Or? I think it was a miniseries. So I don't think it... Like, I think it ran to, like, six issues. Right. But, yeah, it was okay. So... But we asked for random books and T.O. Comic <laughs> Shop. They certainly them. delivered. So it was less the long box of doom and more the long box of random. Yeah. Yep. Or meh. Yeah. Kind of oh, like I said, yeah, I enjoyed my book. I wouldn't have gone out of my way to look for this story yeah. or to read a Firestorm book, but... I want to read the Munchkin one. No, no. Here you go. Thanks. Read the Munchkin one. Yeah, you can read the Firestorm one, no, too, if you want. I want to read the Firestorm one. <laughs> Which brings us to the end of this episode... And as we uh, do at the end of every episode, Geek Picks. Mm-hmm. Where we recommend things we actually like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Okay. Um, so I ordered some socks on Amazon the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as, you, as you do. And 
when I'm checking out, it's like, would you like to try Amazon Prime free for 30 days? I'm like, eh, okay, why not? So I signed up for Amazon Prime. Yay. Which means I've started watching The Tick. Oh, it's so good. Oh, oh you're my. In, are you in first season or second I missed season? on the first season. Yeah. I've watched okay. the first three episodes. We're on the second season and it's still good. Uh, <laughs> it's quite fun. I love Arthur and I love Peter Serafinowicz's Tick. I think he's great. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I haven't really quite got into the whole plot yet. I think there's Has a, the terror show? Up? Yes. It's well, Jackie the, Earl Haley is the, the terror is in the first episode. There are flashbacks oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. him, and yeah, uh, Arthur's been tracking him. So, uh, well, I knew there was flashbacks, but I didn't know when they start. If it was at the, the, the at, like, is the first thing we see the okay. flashback to Arthur sitting with his dad and yeah, having a, him, his father get squished by a spaceship that falls out of the sky. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so at that, but it was it was very funny. Funny, <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, so yeah, uh, I like it. And I think there's two seasons on Amazon Prime. Yeah, and uh, they're not many episodes either. No, no, I think there's like ten per season. So and they're very good. Like yeah. I think we almost binged the first season. We're almost we almost binged the second season. We've We're been like kind of watching halfway two through a it. night. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm my geek pick is the Tick on Amazon Prime. Have good you met pick. Danger Boat yet? No. Oh, yeah, I don't. I was gonna that's say that's not even that, spoiling but... any. For I you. like. I think her power is that she can throw glass eyes at people. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things because everybody that like Patrick Warburton's Tick series, I didn't get into as much, but he was perfect as the yeah. Tick. And when you found out he wasn't coming back for it, although he's listed as a producer on that first season. Oh, is he? Yeah, as an executive producer or something. So maybe it's a leftover from the original deal. <laughs> like it's like who's going to fit into that? And Peter Serafinovich, surprisingly, is, is not who I would good. have picked. Yeah. But he's really good. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. Next. 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 Go for it. Um, (laughs) Well, I also have been watching Amazon Prime. Uh, I I just finished watching all of The Office. So all nine seasons. That's on Amazon Prime? No, no. That's on Netflix. Um, So I I watched all of it. And now I was like, oh, I need a show to watch (laughs) while I'm crocheting and knitting. That's not The Office because I like burned through all of that in two months. Like I started on season three. And oh. burned through till season nine in like three. Months. I'm just starting season three of the office. Yeah. No, four. Three No five. The six. Four is the one where where uh Karen is gone and Jim and Pam are finally together is where is season four, right? That's I don't remember. Anyway, that's where I am. Yeah. Anyway, so I started watching uh Amazon Prime. I was flipping through and uh Serena, who was on the All Girls episode, uh recommended the show The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't know anything about it, but I was like, eh, whatever, I'll give it a shot. Brent wasn't home. And it's it's really, really good. So um, I just Googled it because it's Google is much better at synopsis than I am. So it says, uh, it's the late 1950s and Miriam Maisel has everything she's ever wanted. The perfect husband, two kids, and an elegant apartment on New York's Upper West Side. Her seemingly idyllic life takes a surprising turn when she discovers a hidden talent she didn't previously know she had, stand-up comedy. And how she figures out that she has that ability is freaking hilarious. Uh, so it's got uh, Tony Shalhoub is in it, um, Alex Bornstein. She popped up and I'm like, I know that face. So I had to Google her. Mad TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't watch Mad TV, but I knew her from um, something else. And she's uh, isn't she the mom on Family Guy? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Pollack is in it. 
Uh, it's by the same uh, creator of uh, Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. which is probably why I like the writing so much. And it's it's very funny. So Serena had said that uh, this is the life that she wants because uh, uh, she she kind of wants to get into comedy, I think. Oh. I don't know if I was supposed to announce that to the world, so <laughs> sorry, Serena. Should I cut that out? Nah. <laughs> I don't know if she will or not, but I was... So after watching the first two episodes where this poor woman's life falls apart, I was like, this is not the way you should go into comedy. <laughs> but anyway, I recommend it. I've only watched three episodes or four episodes so far, and uh, it's really good. So it's going to be my Brent is not here. I want to knit and watch TV show. Like Gilmore Girls was. <laughs> I thought for sure when you said I was looking for a show to replace The Office, you were going to say Parks and Recreation. So did I. That's where I thought she was going. Yeah, the... the... Who's the main character? Is Amy Poehler's the yeah. main character? She bugs me. Oh, I love I her just, on that show. I just can't. Chris Pratt, though. I know. I kind of want to watch it because I chunky Chris Pratt. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of clips and I've read a lot of of like you know how they have like the stills with just what happened in the scene underneath it, yeah. and it seems funny. If you've never watched Parks and Rec, I, yeah. I recommend it. It's, Is it on Netflix? It's on no. Amazon. Oh, it's on Amazon. Well, maybe I'll take a look at it. But Amy Poehler just just you gotta bugs me plow through the first season the first season six episodes and it's not that great there's a character named mark brandanowitz who's eh, kind of a stick in the mud he leaves after the second season and then uh ben wyatt comes in uh and that becomes uh amy poehler's love interest and the show gets much better from there rashida jones is on that show yeah i like her uh, i Oh, Ron Swanson is one of the greatest TV characters of the last 20 years. Yeah, no, I know. Binging with Babish made the Swanson, the the smoked turkey leg with the bacon. And I want to live in Pawnee. Like, Pawnee is the greatest small town in America. (laughs) You know, they love waffles. And uh, there's a candy factory. See, and I want to live in Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls. (laughs) Yeah, but you don't like coffee. No, I'd open up a knitting store. And their newsreader is named Perd Happley and... He's awesome. Maybe once I finish The Marvelous Miss Maisel, I will... I recommend Parks and Rec. Try Parks and Rec if I can get past Amy Poehler. (laughs) She's going to be standing there blocking you. Can't get past me. Is it it just her I don't know. It's something about her. No, it's not her face. It's it's how... It's her acting style, I think. Her character is so bubbly and... Uh, positive that that could put some people off because that's probably way too positive. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to... I'll have to see. But I'll give it a shot. But anyway, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is awesome so far. Ryan. I've been going back and forth trying to think of a of a pick. I, p- I bought a new movie this week, but I haven't watched it yet, so I don't want to make that my new what pick. What movie is that? I picked up uh, Dragon Ball Z Super, uh, Broly oh, Super because okay. it came out. Uh, but I haven't watched it yet, so, I don't, I, so I, I'm hoping it's good. I've caught up on my seasons of Dragon Ball Z, but... I don't want to recommend a season seven of Dragon Ball mm. Z Super because you know you know I haven't watched season one through six, um, but uh, same with Game of Thrones. If you're not watching Game of Thrones, there's no point in jumping on right now. The- <laughs> Are you sure? Well, if you, if you haven't caught I'm up, joking. To- <laughs> I've been trying to get you guys to watch it, so I, I have someone know, else to talk to about it. But I will watch. I will watch it when I know who wins. Why? Why because do you I read who- the books. And I cannot the go book, through that emotional turmoil but again. But the book, the, the books haven't finished. The books could finish differently than the TV show. I know, but I read the first four books. Well, then you can. I cannot go through watch, that like, emotional the first seven seasons again. and catch it up. We may try it again, um, but it, yeah, you should. It's such a good show. Uh, 
But so before I came here today, this will be my pick. I was in the middle of watching The Dirt on Netflix, uh, which is the the true life story of Motley Crue, Mm -hmm. Uh, the movie documentary that's on Netflix. And it starts off, it's, well, this one, this is not one to watch with children around. No. The opening scenes um, are very interesting. Uh, it's like a party. It's a band that had a song dedicated to strip clubs. That's well, kind of all you really need to know. Yeah, just some of the, the, the stuff's happening in this party scene at their little apartment on the Sunset Strip. You know, you see, I think it's supposed to be Vince Neil having sex in the bathroom. Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee is going down on some chick in the middle of the party. And yeah, that just sets the tone for where this movie is, how mm. crazy this thing's going to be. And I, I've heard people talking about it ever since it showed up on Netflix. So I finally got around to start watching it and then had to stop to come record this episode. So I, uh, I'm going to pick it up when I get home and keep watching it to finish it. But I can't see it be getting any, any worse. Like it's not going to be and and badly. Well, other than ending badly for them, possibly, but uh, yeah, no, I'd say you know if you yeah, in, if you're in the mood to to watch a a movie about a band, give it a shot. Cool. So that goes to me, I guess. Yes. Um, huh. the actual music person. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's um, I, I I'm sort of going to use my geek pick a little bit one mind mind for uh. Thanking uh, the the fun folks at uh, Wax Tracks because uh, yeah, you got to go have a whole experience, yeah, uh, the whole so thing this week, I didn't took you? Other Ed and uh, we went and saw the documentary, and then we saw a band called Cold Cave play, and they were okay. Um, there was something weird in their sound mix where it, like it distorted a lot of Ooh. the sound from it. And then Ministry, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, came on. and But they were doing what was called a Wax Tracks era set. So essentially, it was like from three particular albums and... Uh, their own albums? or Yeah, their own people? albums and uh, side projects that the main guy from Ministry okay. did. And it was their greatest hits package, basically. Yeah, and I was like... Yeah, <laughs> both Ed and I like. I've seen Ministry. This would be the fourth or fifth time that I've seen them. Okay, and this is one of the best shows I've ever seen them do because I got all the songs that I ever wanted to see them play. Like they did a couple like album cuts that I've never seen them play live. Nice. And the best part of the whole thing is, if you don't know the band, they're at this point. They're more or less a metal band, they're they're or an industrial metal band, but when they started, they were kind of like a crappy Depeche Mode, and like their first album with Sympathy is terrible, and it's like completely different genre, but they had one good sort of gothy dance hit during that period called Every Day Is Halloween, and they did an acoustic sing-along version of this song at the end of the set, which was something I never thought I would see from this band. And it was a great way to cap off that whole show. I also uh, got to meet in person uh, Julia Nash, who I interviewed for our podcast a couple weeks ago. She was very nice. And um, yeah, so that that was it. But it's hard to put that as a geek pick because like... Unless you live in Austin, Texas, or Los Angeles, it's going to be really hard for you to do the same thing I did. 
and um but uh and right now um for an uh, here's a little bit of a teaser for an unnamed project that i'm not that i'm working on right now another podcast with uh james green from geek hard i'm watching a lot of movies and uh, like all my geek picks kept cycling to like how about this movie I'm like well that kind of spoils that doesn't it but um I rechecked out an old kung fu movie unrelated to this called The Street Fighter, starring Sonny Chiba, which you, if you watched, uh, I think it was The Daily Show used to use a clip of it where he punches a guy and then it goes to the x-ray of the guy's skull and you watch it like shatter kind of thing. But it's a fun, like old school 70s kung fu movie and if you're in the mode for that, it's like one of the greatest things in the world, so... Sonny Chiba's The Street Fighter. There's my long way around geek pick. There you go. Good, good pick. Good pick. So next episode, I guess we know what we're talking about because there's a, like some sort of small art Star Trek film. Discovery. Yes, we actually we'll probably will talk about that a little bit. So, um, what do we want to do? End game as its own thing. Do we think that's going to oh, take up knows? a lot of time? We'll see. Yeah. So, okay. So we will talk about Endgame at some point. It may be a separate episode. To, so you. But we've avoid. already got our tickets for next yes, weekend's uh, showings. Yeah. Yay! So we're, we're all set to go for that. And we're definitely going to wrap up uh, Discovery because season two has ended and Jen and I will be completely caught up by, like, tonight. Yay! We could get together tomorrow to record a Star Trek Discovery podcast. No, we can't, because no, I'm going to my folks for Easter. Uh, same. <laughs> ham. We're hey, having roast ham. beef tonight. Oh, nice. Mm. But, roast uh, beef on Good Friday? I know. We're not Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, that hey, note, on that note. So you will get your end game. Uh, Once we get our review. end game fix, we'll give you your end game and fix. And we will also talk about Star Trek Discovery. And to give a little bit of a teaser, I got confirmation in the email as we were talking that we're going to have another interview with a comic book person Ooh. coming up. But uh, I don't have any times or dates worked out. So that's that's why I'm going to give it a teaser. Nice. So, cool. So uh, that so for Jen, Ryan, and Kevin, this is Brent saying uh, tune in to the next episode of True North Nerds. Bye. Bye. One of these days I'm just going to start signing off like Dan Rather. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds. On Facebook, under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy It's the way you read your books that